Hello, I'm Kendra Winchester here with Jacqueline Masters, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. In this episode 89, where we're talking about books for Caribbean Heritage Month. You can find a complete transcript and a list of all the books mentioned today in our show notes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Well, welcome to Reading Women Month, Jacqueline. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) It's that most magical time of the year, our birthday month here at Reading Women. We are now four years old. Wow. What a four years it's been. I mean, it's (laughs) wild, right? Like we started this the summer of 2016. What a time to start something. (laughs) My goodness. Would you ever have thought that it would have grown to be what it's grown to? Oh, no. No, I mean, we started it just to, like, try to convince people to read Desmond Ward, like, oh, you know. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely achieved that. <laughs> and more. <laughs> I think this is why she's one of our, you know, patron saints, because we just love her so much. And we t- if we you do. want to celebrate Reading Women Month, go check out Desmond Ward. <laughs> it's basically it. But we have a lot of other ways you can celebrate Reading Women Month as well. So we have a Reading Women Month bingo board full of reading prompts so you can play along and read themed books that hit some of the prompts. So all of the co-hosts and contributors have uh, made suggestions uh, and there's a little bit of every team member in the challenge. So I'm really excited for everyone to see that. Yes, and I'm very excited because... Uh, Autumn made this cool template last year, which I've updated with a different color so we can now differentiate with our minds. I'm very color focused. Um, Not (laughs) important for the bingo challenge, though. You can pick and choose what books you do. And the idea is that you try to fulfill the challenges to get bingo and whatever way you so desire. One book can count for multiple prompts. More info will be linked in our show notes for the Reading Women Month page, but definitely go check it out over on our Instagram. Uh, We also have some new merch. So I have been working with Bonfire again this year, and they did like a little refresh of our secondary logo. So it says Reading Women on our new t-shirts, and it looks really cool. We now have even more styles, colors, and sizes than we did last time. So if you're looking for a Reading Women shirt that just says Reading Women, show off your love, then this is the time. It's really beautiful. I think, um, I don't know which one I like out of the two better, but I I think uh, it's a really lovely design. Yes, I'm very excited for it because I realized we didn't have any t-shirts of just our logo or one of our logos. So I was pretty excited about that. And we're doing navy this time instead of royal blue. And navy is my favorite. Um, That's a small Kendra thing. I just made a very specific point. (laughs) And well, Samaya was like, there needs to be purple. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So we all have our preferences. And we also have mugs. So not everyone is a t shirt person. That's totally cool. But most people are mug people. So we also now have mugs. And one side says, uh, is our primary logo with the two women talking. And then the back side says, reclaim half the bookshelf. So you can start your morning outright with a Reading Women mug. Perfect. That's a really good start to the day. I think so. I love mine. I had a mock-up made a couple years ago when we were thinking about doing mugs and we just never ended up doing it. So now I was like, this is the time. So 
It's been a few years in the works. Yes, I'm very <laughs> excited. Uh, the last thing for Reading Women Month uh, that I'll mention is we are having a sale. Every year we have a sale on our store. So everything is 10% off. And I think there's a little bit extra off for book blind dates. So if you've been waiting to get a book blind date where we will pick a book for you specifically, or we have tote bags, we have enamel pins, which are my personal favorite. Don't tell the others. <laughs> yeah, there's so, so many things. So if you want to go check out Reading Women Month, check the link in the show notes and it'll take you straight to the page. You'll get all of your information in one place. And uh, Jacqueline, you have some awards to talk about, which I'm excited about to hear. Yes, I have two, uh, one Australian and one New Zealand award that I wanted to update everyone on. So in May, the New Zealand Book Awards were announced, and this award is also known as the Occam's. And this is an award, isn't an award that is just strictly for women writers, so it's, it's all writers in New Zealand. Um, but in the fiction category, there were um, a few shortlisted titles and only one of those was by a woman, and she won. Uh, so the winner was Awe by Becky Manawatu. So that was very exciting. So in May as well, the Miles Franklin Literary Award long lists were announced in Australia, and there are 10 long-listed titles, and very excitingly, six of the titles listed were by women writers. Uh, so the shortlist comes out in early June, so be on the lookout. We'll be updating you all on our social media. Uh, it's an award that I really like following along with. So um, those are some New Zealand and Australian awards. If you want to check out the books on the list, um, go for it. We'll pop some links in the show notes if you're interested. And wasn't the yield long listed for the Miles Franklin this year? It, it was very excitingly. And you did a Q&A with the author, Tara June Winch, for our website, which is a special occasion, I think, now. Yeah, I was very excited to get the chance to ask Tara June Winch about the book because I, I adore the book and I think it's brilliant. Uh, and it was really great to get Tara answering some questions about her motivation and inspiration for writing it and her process. Uh, so if you're interested, go and check out our website uh, where you can find a link to read that. And Kendra, there was another initiative next month that you wanted to make everyone aware of. Yes. So throughout June, which is also Pride Month, there is an initiative by a lot of queer bookstagrammers called Books to Pride, hashtag Books to Pride. And this is mainly focused on supporting the Lambda Literary Wars, which focuses on uh, queer writing of all different types. And so they have had some financial difficulties because of COVID-19. And so they want to be able to celebrate and support them via Bookstagram. So they are hosting a joint fundraiser and giveaway throughout the month of June to celebrate pride and support the sustainability of queer lit spaces. With each $5 donation, you'll be entered to win a $25 gift card to an LGBTQ plus independent bookstore like Karis Books in Atlanta, which is one of my favorite indie bookstores. And so uh, there's all the information about how you can enter and show your receipt and all of these different things will be linked in our show notes. Our very own Lapita is one of the hosts of uh, the Books of Pride initiative. She's on the organizing team, I should say. And so definitely check that out if you're interested in supporting the Lambdas, which, which is one of the most prestigious queer American lit book awards um, here in the United States. So we definitely want to keep them alive and going. So if you want to support them and have a little fun for Pride Month, check out that link in our show notes. So now let's get into our theme of Caribbean Heritage Month. And uh, we have a few different initiatives that we've seen online that we want to particularly draw attention to, especially since these are our own voices initiatives. 
Yeah, so one of them is over on Bookstagram, and that is the hashtag Read Caribbean. And uh, Cindy from Book of Sins and a whole range of other bookstagrammers from the Caribbean are leading a charge to encourage people to read books by Caribbean authors set in the Caribbean. So they've got a whole range of prompts and challenges that you can join in with on Instagram or BookTube. I think that there's a bit of crossover. And then the other one, I believe, is over on BookTube as well, uh, the Caribathon, um, which Karen from Run Right Reads is one of the co-hosts of. And again, it's a like there's some reading prompts uh, and it's really to encourage you to read uh, Caribbean authors. I'm very excited about both of these initiatives and with both of them, it's like whether you read one book by a Caribbean author or a hundred, you're still supporting and promoting books by Caribbean authors. And I think this is such a great idea is just to raise awareness for that. And I really love how they both like have so many great recommendations as well. So if you are listening to this and you love what we're talking about and want even more recommendations, uh, definitely go check those out. And again, forever our refrain the link will be in the show notes yeah and, <laughs> and uh, yeah so very excited about those so that brings us to our book picks which we have been reading and talking about for several months now so i always feel like i experience heritage months or, or themes way in advance so like you know i read this in april and may for this theme so it's really exciting to finally be able to talk about them so jacqueline you have our first pick I do. So our first pick is Frying Plantain by Zalika Reed Benter. And I had both the print edition, which is out from House of Anansi, uh, and I also listened to it via audiobook. And that is narrated by Audina Stevens Thompson. And I loved the narration. I'd highly recommend it if you're looking to listen to a book this month. I'd recommend checking out this one. Uh, so this is a debut collection of interconnected short stories. And I mention that specifically because I know when you mention short stories sometimes, people don't often think it's the most accessible form of storytelling and a lot of people might be put off by the structure. Um, but I think when they're interconnected, there's often like a novel aspect to reading it. So if you're new to reading short stories, this is one I would definitely recommend checking out particularly. Um, so this one is following a teen, uh, Cara Davis, over the course of a few years, and it's set in Eglinton West neighbourhood of Toronto in Little Jamaica. We're following Cara over this series of years in her teens. So there's a lot of coming-of-age themes. There's lots of tensions between mothers and daughters and her grandmother. Uh, there's a lot of discussions around... Canadians and first generational cultural expectations um, and also some really interesting thematic and also like literal plot discussions around black identity in a predominantly white society. Uh, so this is a collection that I really enjoyed and I think given that we were following Kara over this series of years you really feel like you get to grow with her as a character and there was just a quote in the title short story which is actually one of the last in the collection where Kara's in the kitchen with her her nana and she's she's cooking um, and it just to me it really kind of tied together so many of these themes about female relationships in the book um, in a way that I think a lot of people will relate to so I'll just read briefly from the book Nana's frown relaxes when she puts her knife to the plantain and even though I don't want to be, I'm impressed by the way she slices off the skin. The way she peels plantain has always impressed me. The blade just slides through like nothing. There's no sign of effort or struggle. 
I don't see the blade target the toughness of the skin like when I do it. This looks easy. This looks like the plantain is undressing itself. A kind of content mindlessness passes over Nana's face, making me feel a gentle uncertainty towards her that makes me uncomfortable. And then there's a discussion that kind of follows where she's talking about how her mother cooks as well, and the discussion goes off into a sort of a bit of a different tangent um, from the cooking one. But I thought it, it carried that conversation really well, and I think it was just a really apt way of tying up so many things and themes that had come up throughout the entire collection. So I really can't recommend this one highly enough. It was a great read. It was a, a relatively short one as well. I think it was only a couple of hours on audiobook. Um, so that, again, was Frying Plantain by Zalika Reed Benter. Uh, out from House of Anansi. And Kendra, I think you've got the next book for us. Yeah, so this is a book that I picked up at SEBA last year, which is the like Southern Independent Booksellers Association. This is These Ghosts Are Family by Maisie Card. So Maisie Card is Jamaican-American, and so she wrote this book, and this is her debut novel. This follows a family um, that is kind of split because the patriarch of the family... He leaves Jamaica and goes to the UK, kind of fakes his death when someone else dies and he takes over that person's identity and then starts a new family. And then right when he is about to pass away, the families discover each other. And so it's like looking at the dynamics of this family. Each chapter is told from a different perspective, a different family member. So it jumps around in time. You see the different family members' perspectives and what happened to both of the families throughout history. There's also a like a subplot of a white woman who discovers that her ancestor was a plantation owner in Jamaica, and she goes to Jamaica to try to figure out her background and meets one of the family members and marries him. And it's, it's a super complicated kind of story in a very short amount of space. I really loved how this a book played with genres in a lot of different ways. There's this one section near the end where it's like this mystery of these girls' disappearance, and it's almost fant- it's fantastical in the way that she tells it. And so I really loved how she moves through the story, and you know how we carry a lot of the baggage that our ancestors have given us through various means. And won't tell you why that is because I'll be a spoiler. But uh, I was really fascinated by the family in the story. And Jacqueline, you also read this book. I did. I really liked how each perspective you were getting felt complete in its own. But there was also these like threads that ran through all of the stories and connected them. I thought it was really clever that way structurally. It was like you were almost reading like super connected short stories because of how different each section was and oftentimes perspectives can sound way too similar and that's you know a a pitfall that authors could fall into but every single section sounded very different yeah there was a very distinct narrative voice which I think was just so well written and I think she did so well with that with this being her debut novel and I've seen her do a lot of different virtual events with other debut authors and so it's been pretty great to see how this all plays out in the book and I've been very much looking forward to it and I've seen um, actually Cindy where we've already talked about read uh, Caribbean she had a book club around this book in May and you can still go check out her posts uh, about this book um, on her Instagram and different things so definitely go check that out but I really enjoyed this book I'll be definitely looking to see what Maisie Card writes next because 
just the dynamics of the family and her skill at writing the narrative in the way that she has is amazing. I, I will say my favorite is the actual end section where there's like this mystery that this um, like Jamaican American detective is kind of trying to solve. He like goes back to Jamaica and they called him in to try to solve the missing girl's disappearance. And it definitely does not turn out how you think it is going to turn out. <laughs> <laughs> and this was great. This was great on audio as well. Yes. Yes. I was very impressed by the audio and it was just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't, you, you think you know where the book is going, but that's not where it goes. And that's basically the refrain of most of the book. So definitely check out These Ghosts Are Family by Maisie Card. And uh, you, you won't be sorry. It is just, it's definitely a wild ride. And uh, Jacqueline, you have our first discussion pick. Yeah, so our first discussion pick, which we will talk about a lot more in our next episode, is The Confessions of Franny Langton by Sarah Collins. And this one is out from Harper here in the U.S., and I first heard about this one when a lot of UK readers were posting about it because it won the Costa Book Awards first novel award uh, in 2019. And I actually read this with Cindy uh, as part of her Book of Sins book club. Um, so I had the benefit of having uh, so many readers comment and read this uh, and discuss it as we were going through, which I loved. But this one's a really exciting one because it plays with structure in a really non-linear way and uses this confession format to tell the narrative of Franny Langton. Um, and it also uses things like legal transcripts and court documents. Uh, so it's really clever on that level. And it's just a super fascinating story that you kind of feel like you're hearing about as the protagonist is hearing about it in real time in her life. So that is The Confessions of Franny Langton by Sarah Collins, and it is out from Harper here in the U.S., and we'll be back with this episode after a word from our sponsor. The sponsor of this episode is Penguin Random House Audio. One of the great ways that you can stay on top of your book club reading at the moment is by listening to audiobooks. You can multitask with household things like cleaning and cooking, and you can listen to them while you work out, work on puzzles or relax when you're out walking. Uh, there are a great range of titles available, and there's many that you can pick up for your book club. You can listen to titles such as The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, which recently won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. You can listen to New York Times bestselling authors uh, such as Britt Bennett and her forthcoming title The Vanishing Half. You can listen to relentless chilling stories such as Elizabeth Kay's Seven Lies, if that's more your pace. Or you can listen to an electrifying debut novel such as Mega Majumdar's A Burning, which was a personal favourite of mine. There's also a new title from J. Courtney Sullivan, Friends and Strangers. Or if a beautifully written story is something you're after, you could check out Chanel Clayton's The Last Train to Key West. These titles are all available wherever audiobooks are sold, and they're all great picks that you could check out for your book club. And Kendra, you have our second discussion pick. Yeah, so our second discussion pick is Lucy by Jamaica Kincaid. And this was first published in 1990. And I think most people, when they think of Caribbean writing, oftentimes they, they think of Jamaica Kincaid, but I never read her before. And she is from Antigua. And we're going to talk about this next time in our discussion episode. But, you know, certain countries in the Caribbean are represented more than others. And I had never read an author from Antigua before. So 
I was just like, oh, we're excited to get into this book. And, you know, when I was looking for a discussion pick, I I didn't really know where to go. I'd been reading all of these things, but nothing like really spoke to me with a lot of depth that you really want for a discussion pick. And I was talking to C. Pam Zhang about, you know, her recommendations in the interview that we did with her. And she recommended this book. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And Jamaican Gade's prose is just as amazing as Pam said it was. And Lucy is about this young woman. She's like 19 or 20. And she moves to America and becomes like a nanny for these kids. And she's also like a maid kind of living um, housekeeper kind of person. And it's just her story. And there's like zero plot to the book. (laughs) But I was absolutely fascinated because it's more of a character study of Lucy and her experience moving from the West Indies to uh, New York City and like seeing the immense amount of privilege this family has. And um, But I think the biggest thing about this book that I was impressed by was its prose and how Jamaica Kincaid told entire stories with single sentences. Mm. And I would just reread sections and just be like, this is amazing. She told an entire story in this short amount of space. And I was uh, deeply impressed by that because, like, how do you even do that? Like, <laughs> I, I think she just had such a way of observation. I think that was, like, what it was for me in those descriptions. What she was observing was just so, like, well-articulated and just had such a unique angle, I thought. She just nailed it. It was beautiful to read. And, you know, I read this book and it's only 164 pages. This paperback edition I have is from FSG. And uh, it feels, though, much longer because she has such... I don't use the dense because that's not the right word, but she has so much meaning and communicates so many things so articulately that it feels like you're reading a much bigger, longer story. And so I was so impressed by this book and so happy that Pam recommended it to me. So many thanks to her. So next time we are going to talk about this book and some of the themes in it um, as part of our discussion episode, which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm, Very much. (laughs) So that is Lucy by Jamaica Kincaid. So now it's time for our guest spot. And my friend, Laura, I became friends with her because we are both women with disabilities and we really uh, connected on that deep level. We're both also canine parents. (laughs) And so we've talked so much about our fur children and like how they all hate rain and the different coats that we buy for them and like all this stuff. But it was really great to be able to talk to her about um, a lot of different things on that level, but also we both are books, you know, we're on bookstagram and we love books. And so, uh, when we were doing this theme, I thought Laura would be perfect for it. So she is going to talk about a couple of books that she has picked out for this theme. And, uh, I hope you enjoy hearing her discuss them as much as I enjoy discussing books with her. Okay. My name is Laura. While I was born in the United States, my parents are Haitian. I grew up in Haiti from the age of three to 15. And that's why I'm promoting Caribbean Month because I am of Caribbean heritage and believe that, you know, we have amazing literature that needs to be promoted. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I don't post often, but my handle is at overbookedlife. 
The first book I'm picking is My Mother's House by Francesca Moplesio, which was published in the middle of May of 2020. The book is about a Haitian man named Lucien who moves to the United States with his wife and his three children, and he purchases a house that he calls La Caille, or My Mother's House, and the house has a personality of its own, and it also uh, speaks in the book. It, it's The book is in three people's perspectives, Lucien, the house, and another person that I don't want to give it away, but if you read the book, it's very interesting. And in the beginning of the book, the house commits suicide, and he sets himself on fire because he is tired of all the evil acts that Lucien does inside the household and just wants to be done with life. What makes this book special to me is that when most people think of Caribbean authors or Caribbean literature, they think of Jamaica, they think of the Bahamas and other English-speaking islands. And countries like Haiti isn't really prominent. And I think that's mostly due to the fact that since English is not our official language, it's French or Haitian Creole, it takes a while for books to either be translated or even get any attention to begin with. But this book came out in English and because the author is, a, is you know, she speaks English and she lives here. Uh, I was just excited to, to support someone from, from my island. And she got the blessing of what I consider to be the queen, who I'll mention next. And I think it's a good way to introduce some of the Haitian culture into today's society. Anyone who likes a thriller, who likes magical realism, who likes anything that deals with unusual characters, like the house, being able to speak is, isn't normal, and also people who don't mind that the main character is not a good person and is not a happy ever after for the main character. And that's who I would recommend the book to, or also to anyone else who just wants to read Haitian literature as well. The only thing I'll say about this book is that I, there should be some trigger warnings. There is a lot of violence in the book, maybe for people who are triggered by uh, sexual violence or animal violence might just want to be aware when reading this book. But besides that, I think it's fantastic. So this is My Mother's House by Francesca Montplaisir. The second book I'm picking today is Everything Inside by Edwige Danticat. This book was published, not good with dates, but it was published late last year, I believe. It, it has a beautiful cover of a peacock feather, and it is eight short stories that it takes place in Miami, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, which is the capital of Haiti, and an unknown island in the Caribbean. This book has eight stories, and each story is different. Some are talking about marriage, some talk about death, some talk about friendships, some talk about, you know, immigrants who are trying to fight for their dream or their survival. There's another story about uh, three generations of a family that hated each other but came back together after a, after a baby's uh, baptism. It's just each story talks about life and forces that forces people to either come together or, or pull each other apart. This book is special to me because when 
people who know about Haitian literature, she, Edwige, is the one that comes to mind for most people. She's been around for a while. She's a staple here in Miami, and she's the most well-known. And my headmaster, when I was in middle school, introduced me to one of her books called Brother, I'm Dying, which is amazing. She should also go out and get. And she, to me, is like what Toni Morrison is for a lot of people in the United States. And there's just something about the way she writes that gives me a roller coaster of emotions. And any author that can do that is a plus in my book. I mean, any book she puts out, I will immediately buy. I think she's fantastic. And she's a joy to me. I met her last year when this book came out, and I almost cried, and I don't cry easily. And I just think her work's amazing. I would recommend this book to anyone who enjoys short stories, who doesn't want to you know, spend too much time in one story, someone who wants a taste of different Haitian perspectives or different Haitian life stories without getting too involved in the book. The book isn't that long. It's about 220 pages, so it's something that can be read very easily. And each story are, are separate within itself, so you don't have to follow the order. You don't have. You can read it out of order and, and still get the essence of the kind of writer that Edwige is. So I recommend this book to everybody because I think it has something for everyone. People who like romance, people who like death, people who like a good family story, good tragedy. I mean, the, each story has something, I think, for everyone. And that's why I picked this book, Everything Inside. Thanks so much for that, Laura. Now, all of the books Laura talked about and Laura's details for her Instagram will be in the show notes. So you can go and follow along and see what she's reading. Yes, I'm so excited about all the books that you mentioned, especially My Mother's House, which I am has been on my <laughs> list for a while. I love Knopf. Avoiding that rabbit hole of publisher obsession, what are you currently reading, Jacqueline? I am currently reading Stone Sky Gold Mountain by Mirandi Rewo, and this one is out from the University of Queensland Press in Australia. They kindly sent me a copy. Uh, and this one is very exciting because I recently read C. Pam Jong's um, How Much of These Hills Are Gold. And this one is a very similar thematic and plot discussion, um, but it's taking place in Australia. So it's in the same gold rush period of history. Uh, and it's also looking at the experience of a few Chinese migrants into Australia, in this case, um, in Queensland. Um, and they moved into a uh, a gold mining community. So it's a multi-perspective story and I'm so far really enjoying it. I'm, I'm very early in, so I can't really comment too much, but I, I feel like it's a really interesting read to parallel with how much of these hills are gold. So, um, and Kendra, what are you reading at the moment? So Samaya sent me this book a while back and was like, hey, have you seen this? And so I uh, picked it up and that is Muslim Women Aren't Everything, Stereotype Shattering Stories of Courage, Inspiration and Adventure by Seema Yasmin, illustrated by uh, Famida Azim. And this is one of those like illustrated like books where you have a spread and there's the illustration of the one on one side and like they're a little short bio on the other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for us as a society to understand that there are a lot of feminist Muslim women. And oftentimes, like France, for example, has really Islamophobic uh, laws against women wearing head coverings and different things. And that's 
just really appalling to see. And so I think it's really important for us here in America to understand that there are so many feminist women, Muslim women, who are doing great things. And I I really loved how with Samaya's themes and researching with her, that she has really pointed that out and uh, been a great advocate for that. So I feel like this book does that on that kind of unique illustrated kind of feminist history kind of level that I really love. And so each of these women are Muslim women doing great things. Some of them wear hijabs, some of them do not. Some of them uh, are artists, some of them are scientists. You have a whole range of Muslim women just doing great things. And right now, especially, I think we need a lot of positivity and encouragement. So this is just the book that I need. And also, I want to point out that this book has an audiobook, and not many gift books like this have an audiobook. And so the fact that they also include a format that is accessible to people like me who can't always read print is a, just a huge like bonus points and everything. Mm. So I am very excited about this book. Obviously, it's just gorgeous. And it sounds like the kind of book you could give to young women readers as well to um, you know, inspire them and, you know, they could take interest in the stories and the women represented in them too. Oh, yes, definitely. And I think we need to see more of that representation. And I think mm. these kinds of books are a great way just to show a broader range really quickly. And they're great. I often keep them like out in my living room for people to look at because they're pretty, but also they have great representation. So I'm a huge fan. Love this book. I'm going to quit gushing, but... Yes. <laughs> and it's a Samaya recommendation, so it's always a good a good sign. <laughs> I know. Or I'm reading for next month's theme already, and I'm just she has like a whole list of possible books for a theme, and I'm just like very impressed because oftentimes I just keep reading even though we've already decided on our books because she's just that good at what she does. So she's brilliant. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. So thank you all for listening. And those are our six picks for Caribbean Heritage Month. Um, Jacqueline, where can listeners find you about the internet? So I am on Instagram as at six minutes for me. And I'm also over on Twitter, same handle. And I'm on BookTube as well. And my links will be in the show notes if you're interested in checking those out. And you all can find me everywhere at K as in Kite, D as in Dylan, Winchester. That's KD Winchester on all of the things, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's it for us for today. Um, if you haven't yet, please leave us a review in your podcast app of choice. And for real, that really helps the algorithm, especially right now when podcast downloads are lower than normal. Please definitely review us and rate us on your favorite platform. That really helps us out. And thanks to all of you who have already done that. And of course, many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. To subscribe to our newsletter or to learn more about becoming one of our patrons, visit us at readingwomenpodcast.com. And be sure to join us next time where we will be discussing Lucy by Jamaica Kincaid and The Confessions of Franny Langton by Sarah Collins. And in the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.